breaking news at Beaumont's, Australia's newest range of hard flooring has arrived. Luxury vinyl, heavenly hybrid, stunning laminate and engineered timber. And right now, buy five square metres and get the next one free. For all your flooring needs, you'll be happy you chose Beaumont's. Beaumont's. Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze for Beaumont Tiles. I choose Beaumont Tiles, you should too. For tiles, bathroom wear and now hard flooring and Harris Scarf. Shop in store or online today. Harris Scarf, great brands, great prices. And welcome along to Homestyle. Yes, your fortnightly fix of DIY and design. I'm producer Jane Newell and I've learnt so much doing this podcast with the one and only Shana Blaze. She's an interior designer, film producer, so many strings to her bow, currently, of course, judging on the block, which is all very top secret. Shana, I know it's early days in the block yet, but it must be exciting to be back on set. And I mean, look, the last couple of years were chaotic and last year you were out in the country and the mud and the rain and the freezing conditions. So a little bit easier on set this year? Oh, God, no, we've had so much rain. <laughs> it's just, what, what is going on? Like, it's just very early for that rain. So, um, no, I, I have to say, even though the, the properties are smaller, I can't say they're having a, an, an easy time at all. Oh, so when you're not on 10 acres and literally having to use, you know, golf buggies and, and heavy machinery to get across set, you're, you're still getting soaked in the city. <laughs> Yes, and gumboots in between. I <laughs> uh, can't wait to see it. I'm not sure if we've got an air date yet, but we will all be keenly watching for the uh, the launch of the block 2023. Now, last episode, we did want your questions. And thank you, listeners. We have your questions coming in thick and fast. Podcasts at sen.com.au is the email address. Shana, we want to call this little Q&A bumper session, I think, hashtag what would Shana do? Because really, that is what a lot of us think. We go into a store, we start watching a TV show, or we're tackling some sort of design or DIY project. The back of the mind, it's always hashtag what would Shana do? It's kind of becoming your catchphrase, isn't it? It is. I'm actually looking at doing some segments and doing a few different things. So, um, yeah, pe- people ask me online, but also I'll get friends telling me that their friends would say that, oh, you know, I was doing my my room and I don't know what to do. And I just think, you know, what would Shana do on this? Or So it, it's, it's quite funny. Like it's quite, you know, humbling. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's quite funny. So we may as well hashtag it and make a segment out of it. Oh, so if you want to do this on social media, Shana's on the Instagram and the Facebook. Uh, you can hashtag what would Shana do or just send us your questions, podcast at sen.com.au. Now, Shana, I had the joy of going through all of our listener questions. And do you know what? One of the biggest questions people had was basically just, Shana, tell me what is on trend? What design trends? And I mean, it's such a huge question, isn't it? It depends where you are, what sort of lifestyle you're you're after. But in a general sort of sense, people just want a little bit of guidance. So I actually found a very helpful article that you have written uh, for one of your, um, you're a brand ambassador, I'm assuming, for Montgomery Homes. This is Shana Blazer's top five interior design trends for 2023, written a few weeks ago. So hopefully nothing major has uh, changed about this, Shana. Are you happy to run through some of this? Because I think this, this is, you know, summarises a lot of what people are asking about. Right up the top is sustainability. And sustainability means so many different things now. It's not just about energy and it's not just about recycling. That's really important. So you've got the 
the energy that comes from your light wattage. It's the sustainability of the energy that comes from your power with solar panels. It's the energy that comes from your heating and cooling and your passive heating and cooling. And that it also comes from the sustainability of not just recycling products, but also looking at hanging on to pieces of furniture and redoing them so that not ending up in landfill and then also getting pieces of recycled fabric, recycled um, pieces that you don't already have and saving them from landfill from someone else's house. So it comes in different ways. But then there's also um, sustainability in the fact of the air quality. So it comes down to the VOCs that is in paint. Hardly any paint should have VOCs other than um, oil paint, and that's been used very minimally. Um, but there's also the VOCs that are – we've talked about this before in foam. Mm. There's VOCs mm. in certain fabrics and VOCs in certain mattresses. So, you know, every time you sit on them, they give out a certain sort of, you know, toxicity that you may not be aware of. And so having air quality filters and humidifiers and – um, alarms are really important to see what you need to sort of, if you've got those fabrics in there and you can't afford to get rid of them, what are the types of elements you need to go in there? So that sort of comes under that umbrella of sustainability of health as much as sustainability of, of the environment. And of course, uh, you know, for the for newbies listening, VOCs, volatile organic compounds. Yes, those nasty things that give off chemicals really throughout their entire lifespan, isn't it, Shana? It's not just, yeah. you know, three months while the couch is new. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing people don't realise. It's They probably think it's like the new car smell or the leather when it has that first smell, but it's actually something that stays there. Do you think, Shana, when people say, oh, but I want to do it sustainably and I want our you know, the design and, and all of those things you've just mentioned. Do you think people understand how costly that can be sometimes? Because I'm hearing of people who, you know, want a certain number of stars on their build but are coming up with the harsh reality that it is a big compromise and you're going to have to put your money where your sustainable heart is. I think it's in two parts. In the fact that um, if you're starting from scratch, it, it can cost a fortune, but if you're wanting the best of everything, but there are alternatives. So I, I don't want people to feel like that they can't go down that avenue of sustainability because it's too costly. So there are, you know, you don't have to do everything as well. You've got to actually sort of make a, a thought about it and look what you can do, even in a purchase of, you know, less packaging into landfill. It can be a case of like, you know, the thing is also with sustainability, it helps you in the long run because it's cheaper to run the place. And I think that's the big thing is like, you know, solar solar panels used to be really expensive. Well, now that they've come right down, but they give you money back because it goes, you your energy goes to the grid. And then when you've got passive heating and cooling, it means that you're not putting on the heating and cooling. You're not using gas. You're not using electricity. And it's that really important thing. That, And if you can't do that, it might be a case of looking at your window treatments or your awnings that sit on the outside that help with that passive heating and cooling. So there are things that you can do. And if it gets too costly, go down the other avenue. And that, is, that becomes the compromise. I must say that I did have my new roof installed and completed recently, which was very exciting when it started raining, Shana, and there was no leaks coming through. But <laughs> I had, well, that's just sustainable mental health. <laughs> yes. 
I had the option uh, to actually put about $5,000 worth of extra insulation in there. And I was like, oh, well, I've already got some, but uh, stuff it. Let's just go for it. Oh, my goodness. I cannot believe how warm my little cottage is. Like on a nice day, and normally you'd be looking to put the fire or the heater on, and it's still warm. It's like instantly I can tell the difference. And that's just $5,000 worth of insurance. So very happy with that. And then then also when it comes to summer, it'll be so much cooler. So it, you get that benefit all year round. Yeah, no, it was, uh, It's you know, it's not a small amount of money, but I can certainly see and feel the benefits. Now, number two on your list of design trends, um, interior design trends for 2023, Shana, is curves and textures. We've spoken a fair bit about texture in the last uh, couple of months, but tell me about this trend towards curves. I'm a child who grew up in the 70s and early 80s, and I remember some hideous brick archways in houses of my parents' friends. Please don't tell me brick archways are coming back. No, because they were tiny. So they were a doorway size. So arches, this is rather than a a blast to the past of 70s and, and that sort of retro feel, it's more about elegant Tuscan it's about elegant um, Italianate. It's, it's all that really going back to classic. So that becomes a bit more timeless. Like if you've got a, um, a retro house and you want to do expansive curves, it means it will stay within that. Um, but if you've got like a 1940s house and you start doing Tuscan arches, it's not going to work. So look at where those curves will actually come into play in the architecture of the space. Then there's the other part of, you know, if you see so many couches that are just full of curves, like rounded edges, consoles, um, you know, we've had sort of round side tables and coffee tables for a long time and they'll go in out but it, it is the curves in the couches you know the curves over the over the top and the lines and the it, it's that anywhere from the classic architecture to deco to a little bit of um 70s which works with that next trend that we'll be talking about which is creating that architectural look in your furniture without so that you don't have to add clutter to make it look good So, yes, number three is minimalist. Uh, People Mm. who have a lot of stuff like me can get threatened by the word minimalism. (laughs) But really it's a a design aesthetic, isn't it, where less is more. Yeah, and and the thing is also these are movements. They don't have to be your staple. So the thing is, especially with the curves and the minimalists, there's something that will be here for quite a while. So most trends, when we talk about a trend, could be every six months, 12 months, and they move on. But these are things that will be staying. But if your personal aesthetic is, um, you know, gorgeous sort of pieces and things like that, it's not going to work for you. So don't feel like you have to conform. Um, But if you're building a brand new house, if you're actually changing and looking at a different feel to your style, that's where you start looking at the minimalist. But it's not like the austere, you know, especially in the 2000s when we went to white and, and gloss and it was just really clinical and it was very um, bad display home. You know, we were just getting into that stage of, of um, staging houses and it was, you know, people would say, I want that display home look. Well, that just meant, you know, there was nothing in it. <laughs> 
Whereas this is about um, creating statement pieces of, of making your uh, console and your couch, what I mentioned before, almost statement pieces and architectural pieces. So they become, rather than having to add a great piece of artwork or, or a big sculpture or um, a big rug, it means that the pieces you've got in there are beautiful statements on their own that you don't have to add lots of things to make it work. So it's about really using those curves and that minimalist feel to create a beautiful sense of warmth and invitation in a minimalist environment. We'll be seeing a lot of that coming through. We've got Milan Design Week and I've already seen a few pieces that have those real statement couches and, and big pieces that a lot of people would say that that's not quite minimalist because there's lots of colour and there's lots of texture, but it means there's not many other pieces around it, so it keeps it very simple. Yeah, I'm finding a lot of discussion about, you know, your built environment and I'm sitting in a studio with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about nine television screens I can see from where I'm sitting. And I find when I go home sometimes, it's like, just give me a relatively empty room and I'll be happy. Like people are starting to realise there's almost digital and visual clutter in their lives that they can escape from at home. Love it. Love it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, digital minimalism. I think we might need to um, definitely turn some TVs off in this studio. You are listening to Homestyle, and, of course, we are doing it thanks to our sponsors, Harris Scarf and Beaumont Tiles. Beaumont's new hard flooring has landed. Hybrid luxury vinyl engineered timber at selected stores now. As we work our way to the last two elements on Shana's interior design trends for 2023, because we put the call out for questions so many of the questions you guys sent in were basically, what are the trends? What are the styles? So you've also got <laughs> bold colours listed there. And I know when we were talking to the team at Beaumonts and, you know, thinking tiles, like there's definitely so much colour in things like tile finishes at the moment. But is that a trend you can see continuing to go strong, Shane? And we're not going to get back to those white rooms anytime soon? No, it won't be the end of the all white because it's people love that and people have that certain personal sense of aesthetic but I, th I think the thing is about the bold colors is more about not ones that are just over the top but lots of strong colors that create a beautiful mood rather than just smack you in the face if you know what I mean so you know think of, instead of red think of raspberry think of you know seeing lots of terracotta and saffrons but think of ochre like it's getting a very rich moody palette that it's something that, you know, personally I, I used to steer away from, but at the same time, they're so rich and gorgeous because you've got terracotta, you've got ochre, you've got olive, um, there's still a bit of emerald. So just think of those types of ones. And, you know, we, we've seen quite a few bold kitchens come in in the fact of, you know, emerald green, but also pastel, like a very deep muted pastel colour rather than sort of like that bright white-based um, pastel colour. So I think we're going to see some really interesting interesting cabinetry and really interesting sort of colours in couches. And so it's not just about walls. I, I think we get caught up on really bold colours on walls and because people are scared about the commitment. But, you know, there's beautiful marbles and, and stone and composite stones that are around and, and cabinetry colours and laminates and, and timbers. So I think rather than bold, if people can sort of get in their mind about richness, so the richness of the colour. 
Rich, not bold. I like that. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can make something look so much more expensive just by changing the colour. Yeah, well, and we all love some uh, little money-saving tips at the moment too. Your final point is multifunctional living spaces. I'd love to just hear a little about that, Shana. Uh, open plan, veering towards spaces that can be used by different members of the family at different times for different applications. Is is that definitely still a thing? Yeah, because I think the thing is um, it, it comes down to the way that we're living in the future, which is, you know, kids not being able to afford houses, um, they might have moved out, but they come back because the rental is just so high, the affordability of life at the moment. And, you know, as as you get older, do the parents really want to be in a nursing home? Is there any way that you can make that work? So I, th- I think we've got to look at our houses as generational and whether that's generational for you and your kids or generational for you and your family, parents, and maybe even uncles and aunties where, you know, life situations are at the moment. Um, It's making sure that the room has more than just one purpose. So if you look at a a traditional open plan, you've got kitchen, lounge, dining, and that's not enough anymore. Mm. So maybe Mm. your kitchen doubles as the homework space and workspace where you actually integrate that into the cabinetry rather than just saying that's where the kids dump their books and do their homework while I'm cooking. So it actually is functionally a space that you work with. Then your your dining space could actually be an extension of your island bench rather than having a separate dining table, leaving more room for your lounge. And it could be in your lounge area, you know, I keep throwing in the work from home spaces is that maybe there's hidden cabinetry that is also an office desk within the living space as well. And then also it might be a case of in your lounge living area, rather than just having a big couch, it might be a case that you've created little nooks. And so it's it becomes a, a small conversational piece with a, a little beautiful bay window rather than just to sit and watch TV. Mm. So that's how you can sort of look at one big open plan in little sections, but then it's taking into those other rooms like that would be defined as a media room, a study. Well, the study could actually be um, an extra bedroom or a guest space so that it's not just a study on its own. And Sorry. hello to the puppy dog who's just decided to join this episode of Homestyle. Thanks to Beaumont Tiles, their new hard flooring has landed. Hybrid luxury vinyl engineered timber at selected stores now. And you know there are hundreds of them around Australia and also thanks to Harris Scarf. Now, Shana, we asked for questions and I think you've answered that sort of, you know, big, broad question a lot of people asked. What's on trend? What's, you know, in yeah. style now? Uh, so let's get down to some of the nitty gritties and this is all part of what I think we need to call the episode. Hashtag, what would Shana do? Uh, this one from Georgia S via email, podcast at sen.com.au. Shana, what are some of the common mistakes that homeowners make when renovating their homes and how can they avoid them? Wouldn't you be a millionaire if you could just nail this question in 30 seconds, Shana? Oh, my goodness. I, I, look, I think the thing is homeowners are always going to make Lots of different mistakes, especially on the first one. And the good thing is to learn from them. I think um, people thinking that they can start a project and just change it as they're going along if they don't like it. 
And that becomes very costly and it becomes, it drags out a project. So I think the, the biggest mistake is not really planning it like a business plan and planning it like an actual proper project, even if it's just your lounge room, you know, it might be, okay, so this weekend we're just going to pull it apart and, and paint the room and put the furniture back together. Um, it's actually not as simple as that. Mm-hmm. You have to take, you have to look at what colour you're going to do. You have to make time to go to the shops. You come back and then you do a test piece and it doesn't work. Um, you have put all the furniture under plastic, but then it's in the way so you can't actually paint around it properly. So then you have to move the couch out. Then it goes too long and where are you going to sit down as a family? Um, how are you going to eat that night? So you know what I mean? Those sorts of things that might sound easy, but there's time involved, there's money, and there's complications of people that are going to be using that space for it. So plan it, time it, and, and just be really, um, I don't know, honest. I think that's a big thing of people sort of like glaze over a few things and then also go, oh, it won't be as much as what I thought it was. And then all of a sudden they're halfway through and they don't have enough to finish it. So it stays like that for two years. So to me, that's the biggest problem. And would you, in that sort of aspect, suggest doing a little bit and doing it properly than, oh, we're going to do the whole house and, like you say, it ends up with no doors and proper flooring for two years? <laughs> yeah, look, you know what? It, it is a bit catch-22 on that one. If you're going to do the floors, you're better off doing all of that in one go right. because it is a lot of work because if you're doing room by room where the doors and rooms align, you can get the stains mixed up, you can actually sort of get a little bit of definition difference in the sanding. So those sorts of things. Room by room, painting, yes, you can, as long as the the walls don't like link into each other without a break of a corner or an architrave or something like that. Electrics, if you're doing, if you only want to do one room, that's fine. But if you've got you know, a couple of bedrooms and a lounge room and a hallway that needs to be done. It's best to get it all done in one go because getting the trades back and forth, you may not always be able to get them when you want. And then also them coming back and forth a few different times costs you more. So it's looking about grouping those expensive trades. And if you're going to do a few, actually work out the cost effectiveness of doing a couple of rooms at a time. Uh, Georgia S, it's a big question, but I think, Shana, you have dealt with that one beautifully. Of course, you can send your questions to us, podcast at sen.com.au, in our hashtag, what would Shana do, question extravaganza this week. Love this one from Helen in Mount Massenden, which is actually not too far from you out in Kyneton, a chilly part of beautiful uh, Victoria. Helen saying, I hate downlights, they're ugly, but need to light a walk-in robe to be able to see everything. What are the options? options look that's a really big thing at the moment is you've got led lighting and there's so many incredible led lights that are on sensors when you open the cabinet so it sits within um, where the hanging space is so you see all of that um, if you don't have the doors it's it's on a switch or it could be on a sensor when you walk in um, even sometimes it, the central um, part of a walk-in robe you don't need to light up the floor but it depends if you've got a full length mirror there that you need proper lighting for that. So it might be a case that you might have to have an angled light that might be a down light, but it's not like that horrible one that just shadows the top of your head. (laughs) So I would work out where you stand to look in the mirror 
and you could do a downlight that sits behind you or in front of you, just not where you would stand with it on your head. Um, a lot of the times in a walk-in robe, it doesn't have the ceiling height for chandelier, but it might have this the um, the space to actually do some wall sconces that can flood it with some light. So there, there's quite a few different options you can do, but it, it comes down to the shape, size and height of your wardrobe. I love the idea of sensor light LEDs that when you actually open a cupboard, it lights up. That's great. Oh, they're the best because you, it just means that you can have your room lit however you want. You open the doors and this is in a bedroom, not a walk-in robe, and all of a sudden it lights up and you can see everything. It's perfect. And very good on energy efficiency, harking back to our sustainability element there. I've actually got some great Hayfley ones where the light is in the um, the hanger, in the fact the rail so when you open it, it's only the rail that lights up. So it directs onto your clothes and it's on a sensor when you open the door. But it means if you're sharing a room with somebody and that's your wardrobe, it's only lighting the clothes in the wardrobe. And so you're not turning on the light for the whole room. Well, that is just way too thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so you're more about, I've got to get up, so you have to. I'm turning all the lights on. <laughs> oh, dear. No, look, wardrobe's on the, I've got, I've got an older style wardrobe in one bedroom and it's always coming off the rail and I swear, oh, it's just the most frustrating thing when a wardrobe door doesn't open properly. I don't have walk-in space, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, ha I have to say a good wardrobe can just save your mental health. <laughs> Uh, this one via Claire E in Melbourne. Shana, we have recently done a complete house renovation, Californian bungalow. However, the front area is still to be landscaped. A new fence is a must, but I'm struggling where to even start with this style of home as a stock standard fence just doesn't feel like it will do it any justice. What are your suggestions for getting inspired to finish this last piece of the project? Claire I am so proud of you because a stock standard will not work. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the great thing about a Californian bungalow, um, you could take the lead sometimes from the interiors or the exterior fretwork because some houses have a lot of fretwork with Californian bungalow. And so they tend to have certain types of um, slats with a top panel and they have um, the posts with the actual points on them. So you could go for something simple like that, but it's quite decorative. And then there's also the, the really old style ones that go with the California bungalow in the fact that it's got the, the timber sort of shape of the fence in the fact that you've got the posts and then you've got the, the rails, but it's got the gorgeous um, wire on it. So you could either paint the wire or some of it's coated, but it has like the little rounded arch. Here I am drawing it. No one can see it in the air. Um, the little rounded arches that sit there, maybe about 70 mil apart and with a little bit of mesh. And you could actually do the rails a different colour to the wire. So the wire could be white, but the, the rails could be like a, a, a dark colour. So you've got that contrast. And so, so they're two really good examples that aren't over the top, but still quite decorative. And then, you know, especially with the wire ones, you could do like a, a beautiful, I think the best way I can describe it is do sort of like an iron gate reminiscent of the old iron um, beds, which is really quite beautiful. So it's quite a feature. And then in the, um, the timber one that I was talking about, you could actually have in the gate, 
if you look a lot of fretwork, they have a lot of like tulips cut out into um, the, you know, sort of the slats. So something is decorative or quite simple, but there's two really good options there. You know, I um, am in the middle of doing some fence work and, and the wire that you're talking about, Shana, is called Emu Wire and they still make it in Geelong um, outside of Melbourne yeah. and you can get it powder coated. Um, I've been using vintage secondhand bits. takes a long time to paint, so you might want to go for the new option, uh, but it's definitely an option. Uh, but what I found when I started thinking fences is just going to a street that I love. I went to Ballarat and going, I've always loved that house. And then actually looking at the garden and the fence and going, ah, maybe that's why. And then taking a few pictures and and just seeing in your local area, which are the places that you just go, wow, that so matches the house. That's great. You know, is that something you'd think of just a little, an evening stroll, Shana, for a bit of reconnaissance? Absolutely. And I I think like my favourite story of that is that my son, and I'm not joking, from when he was about eight, he he just loved, like we had a little cottage house that I, you know, made it look more cottage than what it was. And he just, it was a love with that style. And he would say to me that um, every time we drive past a house, it would have a picket fence. He wouldn't be looking at the house and go, I like that house house mum I like that one and it was all about the fence so I dubbed him my white picket fence boy and so his dream was to have a house with a white picket fence every house he ever showed me had a white picket fence Um, the house he bought has the emu wire but the white picket will be happening (laughs) I love the fact that there are young men out there still dreaming of white picket fences and it's not just 1950s housewives who are stereotypically doing that No, it's funny because he's a white picket fence boy, but also at the same time in the car, he's looking at the Ferraris and the Porsche. <laughs> Love it. Oh, Shane, we've run out of time, so we'll park some of those questions for next time on Homestyle. But thank you, everyone, for sending in your questions. There's plenty still to come. Uh, you can do that podcast at sen.com.au. You can also follow Shana on all of the socials, Instagram, on the Facebook. She's got her own website, and you can certainly keep up to date with everything she's doing online, uh, including slipping into Harris Scarf, because I noticed, Shana, there's some uh, new – you posted a picture of a beautiful breakfast with your Harris scarf bowl and plate range recently. Oh, the beautiful Blue Bay. It's It's got this gorgeous, it's a quite, a, we're just going to call it Blue Bay because it's not navy and it's not sort of um, muted blue. It's just this gorgeous colour and it, it, it makes your food pop. It makes your colours look richer than what they are. And, uh, yeah, check that one out, the Blue Bay. It's beautiful. There is always something new in the world of Shana Blaze. So thank you for listening. And, of course, thanks to Harris Scarf and thanks to Beaumont Tiles. Their new hard flooring range has landed hybrid luxury vinyl engineered timber at selected stores now. So if you thought it was all about tiles at Beaumont Tiles, think again. Shana, thank you so much for answering so many questions and we look forward to doing more next time on Homestyle. Love it. Thanks, Jane. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze for Harris Scarf. Shop in store or online today. Harris Scarf, great brands, great prices and Beaumont Tiles. I choose Beaumont Tiles, you should too. For tiles, bathroom wear and now hard flooring. As Australia's only national tile specialist, we're wrapped. You voted us number one. You want great prices, great range and awesome quality. Get all that and our lifetime warranty on tiles when you choose Beaumont's.